The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The trial started, but so did the games the defense was playing. From trying to request a motion for mistrial on a regular basis, to demanding that photos of Praveen not be allowed in the courtroom, it was clear the defense was not interested in a fair and just trial. If you listen to Websick, you know, sometimes you're like, what in the world is he talking about? You know, he was, when the detective came, he was just questioning him on things and the detective was answering all his questions and then he said oh what did you find in his uh, room and he's he said there's nothing particular but eventually he made him say that they found uh, like uh, Praveen was working on criminal uh, just there was a project on uh, terrorism right after the detective said that Websick goes oh did you follow up on that did you know that uh, he was um, uh, recruiting for ISIS? You're listening to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. Every morning, Websick would put out um, emotion, a mistrial or uh, dismiss the case or, you know, every day it went on, that show went on. And he would walk in the, uh, the chamber when he's questioning somebody and then he would just, you know, we are in, in the front row and he would just come next to me like this, right? I mean, you know, he's actually talking to that person, but he, he's like so intimidating, you know, like he was just something and every break we had we go out Michael Carr he's on the third floor the court is on the second floor you see him come down talk to Websick he's not talking to Robinson you know he's he's a prosecutor he's not talking to Robinson he's talking to Websick and then on his way back he would just give me the stare like he's ready to kill me you know one time it was my sister there he looked he thought, you know, we kind of look alike. And he was giving her the stare. And he, he, she goes, why are you looking at me, you know? <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. Ten witnesses took the stand at trial, including Gage's mother and father, and the friends that he drove to the party with the night Praveen went missing. Lovely was the first witness on day one of the trial. I was the first witness. You know, Robinson asked me about Praveen and they had a big picture of him blown up there. And Websick kind of, um, he wanted it because Robinson wanted to keep the picture of Praveen there throughout. Websick said no. So after, you know, they just showed it on the monitor and after that the picture was taken away. Um, Websick did not want anything 
that is going to be like you know um, and then I had a, I have a picture of a Praveen on my chain and Robinson said Websick might tell you to remove that he doesn't want the jewelry to see it and I thought oh my god this is really crazy you know so I said I'll wear something that covers it I don't want to take it off you know so I I just made it a point that the jewelry doesn't see it but looking at the jewelry you don't know you know but um, after my testimony um, Robinson's partner said you made a couple jewelers tear up um, you know they asked me about his personality uh, how often he came home things like that and then Websick uh, attacked me on his cross-examination uh, like um, how do you know how much money he had and all that and I said you know I know my husband gave $50 that he did not spend that for sure um, and then he asked me what kind of car he was driving you know during my, my panic I even forgot what kind of car it was and I said it's an old Toyota model really old and he said how do you know that he did not spend money on the gas coming I said, my husband makes sure whoever comes to our house before they leave, the car has to be filled. That is something that my husband is so particular. And Praveen's car, he doesn't stop and he takes full car, full uh, gas tank all the way there. You know, he doesn't have to stop in between to pump. So I know he had a full tank and then he, he he walked to the class. He did not use it. So... So he was questioning me on all that and I think I cried, I forgot what question it was. He asked me some dumb question and oh, he asked me something about the injury. How do you know that it's, how do you know that it is an injury? And I said, I've been a nurse all these years, you know, I, I, can, I can figure out an injury. Surprisingly to us, both Monica and Lovely expressed that they felt bad for Gage at the trial. During all the pre-trial stuff, it was very sad. I can't tell you how many tears Lovely and I have cried for Gage. And I know that sounds backward, but he also was a 19-year-old kid at the time with no guidance, with parents that beat each other's ass and beat his ass. And many times he was there alone. His mom wasn't there, his dad wasn't there, only until we started saying out loud, where are your fucking parents? Did they show up? One time Gage for a pre-trial came with a whole bruised face and I'm sure him and his dad had been in a fight. Like to where we were like, is he conscious? David Robinson stopped, went up to the judge with the defense attorney and was like, is your client conscious today? Because did you see his whole face is swelled up? And uh, the defense attorney, Mike Webster, is like, oh, he's just got an abscess tooth. It was bizarre. Anyway, the trial if only cameras could have been in there, that would have been some of the best trial footage, better than to kill, better than a time to kill with Samuel L. Jackson and Matthew McConaughey. It was amazing. David was amazing. During the trial, David Robinson showed the video of Gage's police interview with Carbondale detective Brooke Lamb. Detective Lamb also testified and was the fifth witness of the day. In the video, Lamb said she felt Gage wasn't completely honest in his first interview with detectives. The jury got to see that. Sarah Wilkes was sixth on the stand. She lived at 606 College, where the house party took place that Gage was at. 
where Gage and Praveen's paths crossed. During her testimony, Sarah said she was surprised to see Gage at the party and had asked him to leave multiple times. She said she didn't want him at the party because of previous encounters she had with him. So the the thing went on and uh, we heard from both sides. Gage's friends were brought in, you know, all the lies. Gage said that he drove there. He drove there was a lie. Gage's friend drove the car. So that was it. He was able to, I mean, Robinson was able to prove all that. And uh, from Praveen's side, Ashley was there and the girls. And there were a few other people, uh, the funeral home director, the doctor who did the second autopsy, the doctor who did the first autopsy, and the funeral home director from there uh, was brought in by WebSick to tell that there was no injury by the first guy, the funeral home guy. But Robinson proved him wrong because a couple questions he could not even answer. He showed a picture of Praveen's forehead and said, do you remember seeing Praveen's forehead like this? And he goes, no, he was fine. This has to be from the second autopsy but it was the original autopsy picture. So that was like, you know, it, he, his head was like that from the beginning. And he caught the original funeral home director on his own lie. And then he brought uh, the state trooper. The state trooper said there was a solo cup in, in there. So see Gage had time to come around and throw the alcohol in the cup. You know, when he came up from the woods, he came to the state trooper. And then he told him to go back into the car and he went back to the car. And then the state trooper got out of his car and he went to the passenger side. So by then he was able to get the alcohol out and throw the solo cup in the back. Um, And he said he did not believe him. Um, so And he said he saw a red mark on his face, but he said it was cold. So pro- that was from probably from the cold. And he told him that he picked up a, a black hitchhiker on the highway. So he, he was like, I knew he was lying. There were four, five of them actually got into the car first. There were two brothers and from West Frankfurt, that's where they were coming from. That's where Gage was from. And one of the brothers got so panicked of Gage's driving because he was already high on drugs. And he said to stop the car, he needed to get out. So he did not, The one of the brothers, uh, one of his friend's brothers, they called them Pickle. There are so many names. These, these kids are so weird. Pickle, you know, we call that. So he did not, one of them did not come because of Gage's driving. And then Jonathan took over. Jonathan drove. And Gage kept on saying he drove, he drove, but he did not. Gage's truck wasn't even taken in as evidence, leaving behind DNA, no proof of whose cash was on the floorboards of his vehicle or any other significant evidence that would have proved to be helpful in solving this case and charging the murderer. Gage's truck was not examined for many, many days. And finally, they got it. They wanted to send the thing for more tests. Michael Carr refused it. 
he denied the request at that time. So it, it is in one of the reports. They could not send it for further testing because he, he denied it. I don't know why. So anyway, we went and they he came in and we saw him and, you know, the judge read the charges to him and he pleads not guilty. When that pathologist got on the witness stand, when Robinson questioned him, that was one of my happy moments, that when he grilled him on it. To reiterate how differently the two autopsies were conducted, it's important that we point out that the first autopsy was done within an hour with Praveen's body inside a body bag, while the second one took seven hours to thoroughly complete. You can hear Monica talking about it with lawyer Stegmeyer on her radio show. How about a seven-hour autopsy versus a one-hour autopsy? Ooch. Seven hours to complete this autopsy in Chicago. Lovely did tell me that they got a call when they were in town that the local whoever did the autopsy uh, called them about 11, and by 2 or 3, they said, okay, we're done, which I don't know how much an autopsy takes. If two hours is sufficient, don't blast me for that. I'm obviously not a medical person, but to know the Harvard educated Chicago pathologist took his time for six or seven hours and combed Praveen's va. You know, one thing that his mother was so impressed with, when Praveen was little, he fell jumping couch to couch and had a little scar on his chin. That pathologist marked that and took note of that old scar. I might add that there are slides accompanying this report. So every, images. Images. Okay. Of everything that this doctor did. The bruising. The, bruising, the abrasions. The abrasions. It's the all, blood in his yeah, nose. Absolutely. It's all on, on slides that we have. At one point in the trial, the defense tried to accuse Praveen of being involved with the terrorist group ISIS. Clearly, race was playing a major factor in this trial, and the racism was prevalent. As the trial progressed and you know all the witnesses gave their testimony, how were you feeling at the time? Did it feel like it was going in your favor? We don't know. You see, uh, at that time, like, Every evening, Robinson would call me and he would tell us the the plus and, you know, like how the trial went. And he was feeling pretty good. If you listen to WebSick, you know, sometimes you're like, what in the world is he talking about? You know, he was when the detective came, he was just questioning him on things. And the detective was answering all his questions. And then he said, oh, what did you find in his uh, room and he's he said there's nothing particular but eventually he made him say that they found a, like a, Praveen was working on criminal uh, just there was a project on uh, terrorism so he was working on a project and he had a, a board written like everything so then right after the detective said that Websick goes oh did you follow up on that did you know that uh, he was um, uh, recruiting for ISIS? Did you um, did you check his phone numbers? Did you did you do this? Did you? Oh, that was like oh, so. I turned back and looked at Ashley, and Ashley said, uh, Ashley, you know, just said it was his project. 
So Robinson got so upset, you know, because Epsic went on and on and on to prove that Praveen was recruiting people to ISIS. So the next morning and that evening, Robinson called me and said, I'm so sorry, you know, I apologize. And I said, it's okay. I was prepared for everything to hear else to hear. I never in my wildest dreams thought he was going to say something like this. So the next morning, two of our priests show up. You know, people were coming to watch the trial. They are sitting there with their bow tie and everything. We did not call them. They just showed up that day. So Robinson told the judge that he was really upset about Web6 comments the previous day. And he said, I want to bring one of the witnesses. Uh, to question. The judge was reluctant, but then Robinson insisted, so he brought Ashley in and he asked Ashley what was that project, you know, what was the cardboard on, and he said that, that was on, uh, that was a project Praveen was working on, and this was a th thing on terrorism. So then he said, um, what religion was Praveen? And he said, Christian. And he said, was he really religious? And he said, uh, yes, he did not go to bed without reading Bible, you know. So even before that, when the judge saw the priest in the gallery, he asked Robinson, why are they here? And he's like, they are the victim's church priest, you know. They just came to watch the trial. I did not call them. You know? So things like that really got kind of ugly. One time um, there was Praveen's color, everybody associated Praveen's color as purple. Um, so there was so many purple ribbons on the street next to court, even on the court, you know, on the step, there was purple, purple uh, ribbons. We didn't even notice. And Websick got a hold of that and he told the judge that we are influencing people to tie purple balloons around the town. And we were like, oh my God, we didn't even know. So then Robinson did a counter argument. There was, a, there was some kind of march, uh, some kind of rally there that they used. It was for something. It was totally had nothing to do with the trial. So he said that was the ribbon for the judge. Before that, he wanted that to be investigated. You know, who did this balloon, the, the ribbon thing? But then uh, Robinson came back and said, um, this was not related to those people who marched there for that rally did this, you know, so then he was okay. So Websick talks about all this purple thing, but guess what? He shows up in a purple tie. tie. <laughs> You know, I don't know why he, he was coming. And so Monica goes, this idiot talks about the the purple thing. And he, he walks into the court in purple tie, <laughs> you know. So anyway, it was just so crazy. So after all the witnesses, Websick and Ashley got into it quite a bit. The whole courtroom laughed. Um, he, he was asking... Ashley about the beer pong they played, you know, and Ashley said there was no beer in the cup. They put water. 
and he goes, you are lying. You know, how can you say they play beer pong uh, with the water? And he said, you ask any college kid, that's what they do. And he goes, oh, the ball falls on the ground and they pick that ball and put it in the uh, cup. And he's, he's like, nobody's going to drink that. And then when he said, when Websick said, oh, that's what you drink. And he's like, ooh, who drinks that? You know? So then there was another thing that, uh, or oh, there was this um, questions about Praveen being a prankster. And then he said uh, something else, Websicast, I forgot that a particular word now. And then Ashley said, explain that, you know, things like that. He was just, and Robinson said, my God, it was Praveen there sitting there. Because Ashley looks a lot like Praveen. <laughs> it, it was like he just gave it to him left and right, you know, like whatever website. He was great, such a great witness. And you can see the difference between Gage's friends that came in to testify and Praveen's friends. Praveen's friends, Ashley was, Ashley finished uh, Bachelor of Nursing at that time. Right now he's in college doing his, um, he's doing nurse anesthesiology. He's getting his doctoral. The girls all finished engineering. One was a manager. They all had master's degree. Uh, Kyle came, he had a criminal justice degree. They all were like really, you know, on their path up. And then Gage's friends come, what are you doing? Um, Tree cutting. Everybody is a tree cutter. So uh, after each witness, uh, Robinson's assistant would turn to us and he's like, oh my God, I wonder if there is any more trees left in West Frankfurt. So every single one that came was a tree cut. Jonathan came into court in shorts and Robinson said, you cannot come in like this, you know. He gave him money to go buy a, uh, buy a pants. <laughs> it's crazy when you think about it. It's just so crazy. We talked to Ashley about being on the stand and his testimony. He shared the same stories, and then some, about calling Websec out when he was trying to tarnish Praveen's character. I was so nervous to get on the stand because everybody was kind of saying that Websec's going to grill me and just try to make me like say that Praveen was kind of like a bad person. And I honestly just told him the truth about like everything that happened that night. And it's really weird because like there was like um, an empty seat. I remember next to um, like Robinson, uh, Robinson, and I just remember seeing like in my head like I was just seeing like Praveen there, kind of like telling me like what to say. So I felt like he his presence was there, and I just remember Websick. Um, he was just trying to get me to say that Praveen was like a bad person, and like he was saying. Um, Oh, how drunk was Praveen? And I told him the truth that Praveen was like buzzed at most, like not really anything going on. Like he was not out of it. And like people saying, I think um, he said that people at the party were saying that Praveen was drunk. But the thing is, Praveen's personality is just like always being a jokester. So maybe like that's what people thought about when they were saying like he was buzzed. But we saw him drinking and that was like him normal. And um, yeah, Websick was just trying to see, like, get me to say, like, oh, Praveen drank. How much did Praveen drink? And how much did we drink at the pregame? And he was saying, um, 
is it true that you guys played beer pong? And that's a game where you throw a ball into um, cups full of beer and you drink um, the full glass of beer every time like the ball lands in the cup. And I said, ew, no, dude, uh, it's gross because that ball touches like the floor is like gross. And we don't even play with beer, we play with water. I think that really like threw him off because um, he really wanted me to say that we drank a beer every time that, like a full glass of beer every time that uh, we sank a ball in the cup. But, you know, we don't play like that. Everybody knows that that's not, you know, maybe that was back in the day when he used to play. But for us, um, you know, we don't like play like that. And um, then he kept trying to get me to say that, like, uh, he kept asking if Praveen was like a scammer or something like that. He's like, uh, he kept asking and I didn't, I wanted him to specify like what he was saying. Like, um, he was like, is Praveen a trickster? And I was just asking like, can you specify what that means? And then he was like, does Praveen like to play tricks? Then I just remember him getting like really like aggressive and like pissed off. Cause I just asked him to clarify what that meant. Um, and then he was just like, answer the question. And then I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, do you mean magic tricks? Cause he kept just asking about tricks. So, you know, I didn't know what he was saying. And I think at that point he was just like, I'm over this guy. And I think I like completely like followed this plan of uh, trying to get me to like ruin Praveen's character. It turned out that Praveen had in fact drank even less than his friends had initially thought. That was something that Ashley only realized after they were able to get into his room. Yeah, Praveen was, didn't drink much. He was, like, I know Praveen when, like, he's drinking. And, like, he wasn't, like, nowhere near, like, buzzed or anything. Especially because he had that exam the following day. And one of the things that I remember uh, he was drinking during, like, the pregame at our apartment was, like, a Four loco. And I remember when uh, we opened up his room, his four loco that he was drinking, like, at our apartment, like, it was half, like, full. So, like, uh, I didn't think that he was really, like, drunk or, like, out of it, you know? Robinson had mentioned to Lovely that Gage may take the stand himself. But Lovely knew that that rarely ever happens, and she didn't think he would. Next week, you will hear how day two of the trial went and whether or not Gage testified. If you're interested in this story and you want to know more about the case, you can check out our social media pages. We will be sharing videos of the police interviews, photos, and documents. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Please help us share Praveen's story.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.